Hello and welcome back to the BenHeck.com podcast. I'm your host, Ben Heckendorn. And I'm Parker Dillman. And I'm Chris Kraft. And in this episode, we're going to discuss what video games that we all played in 2019. Yeah, so Parker Parker played quite a few. Chris and I played fewer. But we're just going to take turns and uh, kind of go in chronological order from the beginning of 2019. So it's not necessarily games that came out in 2019. It's games that we played for the first time this year. So, Yeah, because I think we all have games that we regularly play but didn't come out this year. Or yeah, I, I, play, first time. Yeah. I played Battlefield 1 just like three days ago. Uh. <laughs> All right, oh, uh, Parker, do you want to start because you have the most games? Sure. Um, I guess we can start with, let's see, the beginning of the year for me would be Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I think it was one of the first games I played this year. Oh, uh, uh, I played that this year as well on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, I, I went ahead. I bought it on Steam. Steam sounds correct. But, um, Correct. yeah, that was the third installment of the rebooted Tomb Raider series. What did you think of it? Not as good as the first rebooted one. Yeah, I think the... What was but it, better than the second one. The, was it 2013 when the first one came out, I think? That sounds correct. The one where she's on the boat and she jumps off the boat and she washes up on the island. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I would agree. That, that one is still the best of a new series and... It's probably the best of any Tomb Raider game. <laughs> well, I actually, I actually enjoyed the 2013 Tomb Raider more than the last couple of Uncharted games. So, yeah, I think they're doing something right. Yeah, the uh, the the name is really confusing because it's like Rise of the Tomb Raider, then she has a shadow. So yes. I, I I actually couldn't keep it's track. Like, it's like Star Wars sequel trilogy names. Right. So I saw that they had them on Xbox Game Pass. So I actually accidentally downloaded Rise of the Tomb Raider, even though I wanted to download Shadow of the Tomb Raider because I didn't know the difference. Uh, and Rise is the one that she fights against Russians, right? Yeah, it's like she's in, like, the snow on a mountain, and then she finds, like, a a secret village in the, in the valleys or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I didn't like the second one too much because of that hub world setup. Yeah, it's coming like... Coming back to that, like, building... Yeah, well, there are separate hub worlds. Like, there were, like, kind of hub worlds throughout the missions, and they're like, oh, it, it felt like they kind of wanted you to, like, hang out there and, like, skin rabbits and do, like, random quests. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I just want to yeah. play the story. Yeah. Well, that's because that's the most interesting thing about the Tomb Raider games is the story is really good, and then they just kind of tack on the side stuff that's just not very interesting and very repetitive. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know what they say like with Ubisoft games it's like oh there's going to be a side quest to find 1000 widgets and climb yes. towers and climb, it's yeah. like they're just trying to make if they I guess the idea is if there's someone who only buys one game a year they could play a game for 100 hours even if it's not really engaging content correct and that, now, that's exactly what the Tomb Raider series does now who makes the Tomb Raider series uh oh God, who's the developer Crystal Dynamics I believe is a developer okay uh, but yeah, yeah. Shadow was definitely better than Rise because they basically fixed that problem. They got rid of the major hub world thingy that you just keep coming back to. I think they still had them, but it seemed like there was less emphasis and backtracking. Yeah, because like at the very end, you're like in like that that city. Yeah, the secret come, city. Yeah, yeah, the secret city that you could totally probably find with a satellite. Yeah, that always bothers me <laughs> in these games. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, no one never knows about this. It's like, no, it's on a river 
and you could and like all the rivers in the world have like been scanned by scat satellites it's like they would have found this thing yes exactly <laughs> i mean it, it works in like the mummy actually we watched that on thanksgiving again because it's like you know they didn't have you know the planes couldn't even go that high back then but uh, one thing I didn't like about it was it seemed like there weren't that many locations. You know, there was like a there's like a, a prelude in Mexico, and then basically the rest of the game is in the jungle. It didn't seem like it had very much variety. Yeah, it didn't have that much variety. But the same thing was with Rise. It didn't have as much variety either. Everything was like snow map. But then the first game was on an island, but it, it felt everything like it, was different. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it had more variety. Where it's like, oh, now there's some snow, now there's a cave, and then there's like so many times where she was like wading through like blood gulches of like dead bodies, and yeah, that that's it's nothing will ever top that part of the first game where you like are wading through like decomposing bodies and blood pools, and you're like all like beat up and scratched up, and you're like, oh my god. It, yeah, she should have died diseases. of tetanus, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, the first one of the Tomb Raider series is good, but, you know, if you like that style of, of exploration games and stuff, Shadow is still pretty good. Yeah, and if you have Xbox Game Pass, obviously, you know, you should download it and play it through, and who cares? Yeah, and that's on, you can get Game Pass on PC, so you're not just limited to consoles on it. Yes, but does the PC require you to use the Windows Store? And a lot of the games on there, they force those to be universal Windows platform. No, they it's the Xbox Companion app, I think is what they call it now. Okay. Chris, do you know about that, the UWP app? I, I know what they are. Okay. It's, but... Yes, it's called the Xbox Console Companion app is what it's called. Right, because called. that's what we used to launch Sea of Thieves when we played it on PC. Yes. I guess we... But we can let Chris mention the game, and then we can come back to Sea of Thieves. So Tomb Raider, uh, pretty cool. Uh, but I think the first one in 2013 was still the best of the new games. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, Chris, what do you have next? Uh, the I played Far Cry New Dawn, which is kind of a direct sequel to Far Cry 5, which I don't think they've done before, that kind of sequel. Um, Isn't it like the same map, but a nuclear bomb has hit it? Yeah, I assume we're not worried about spoilers. So, uh, for a, a year old game, <laughs> what is that in the advertisement? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, at, at the end of Far Cry Five, bombs are going off, and so at the beginning of Far Cry New Dawn, uh, I don't know, a couple of years or something, ten years, I, some indis probably specified in the game amount of time has passed, and a super bloom has occurred, and you know everything's it's mostly the same map. Some areas you can't go to because they're completely radiated and um there's lots of pink and purple because it's 2019 game yeah and uh the it's rage um, too. there's graffiti <laughs> everywhere because that's what the the bad people like uh yeah same map the animals are different the weapons are different they're more kind of cobbled together out of junk not the animals the animals are just mutated versions of the animals that were there. Right. You could previously. say that's cobbled together then. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it, you know, you were just talking about Ubisoft and I kind of, it's funny cause I made in my notes, I made the comment that the game is not for everyone because it has that Ubisoft formula where 
yeah, there's a map and there's areas and you're going to go there and unlock the area and right. you're going to do it. But for some reason with me personally, those games really click that. I don't know if it's just because of OCD or what, but when I've got like a task ahead of me and it's like, oh, you have to do this. I, I just really enjoy that. And I also just enjoy exploring the map. Did so, you play Did you play Far Cry 5? I did, yeah. Okay, all right. And I, and I enjoyed that one too. Um, and, and, and more so in 5, I would do a lot of just fishing and hunting. And I enjoyed that, which you can do, but it's it's not really the focus of the of new dawn um but so yeah if you like far cry if especially if you like far cry 5 i would say you should get new dawn it would be dumb not to the interesting thing is it's and it's it, cheaper too right yeah, it's like a I lower made, price game yeah they sold it for 40 bucks and it's not you don't have to have far cry 5 to play it so it's even though it's a sequel they didn't charge you know they didn't make you own the previous game so it, it i was surprised that right. it just charged 40 bucks for it and well they did that with uh what was it far cry blood dragon was standalone oh yeah i remember that one well. yeah. Yeah. yeah and that oh. was the same thing they took the same map and then they they slathered it with 80s uh yeah that was cyberpunk yeah. yeah uh I, I, graphics chris um, I, well, I i just remembered something you remember that far cry primal game they made like the ancient game with the I never spears. played it. I remember I mean I've heard of it. I've I've seen right. the video uh, of it. Yeah. The, in that game, it reused the map from Far Cry 4. Okay. So basically made a, you know, an ancient version of that map. So it sounds like they've done that a couple yeah. times. Yeah. It's, so I, I I liked the game the the main the bad guys are a pair of like these twin girls or something and they're they're really bad. The characters are I don't know. They they I don't and maybe it's true of all the the Far Cry games, but the characters you just don't believe that people could be bad in that way. That it's just like they're cartoon characters. They um, are they oh so over the top that you don't think that kind of character could ever exist. Well, and then they'll turn on a dime. Like you know, one minute they're willing to just do the most evil, vile thing to someone, and then they'll go, "Oh, boy, I just realized I turned out to be a bad person." here i'll let you go or something like that i'm not saying that happens but that, that, that's those are the kind of characters where you go no you you couldn't have just killed hundreds of people and then one day wake up and go oh i feel bad yeah am and, i the then, bad guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have that moment of you know realization or whatever and then was suddenly, it a uh, a long game or like was it a normal length game even even though it was cheaper, it depends on how you play it. I mean, the way I played it, it was you would find it long because I can't not explore every inch of the map. I, I will go everywhere. I will do everything. Uh, I'll, the only things I don't generally do is, like you said, you know, they'll say catch every type of fish, and and I'm like, well, I've caught six fish. Well, That's enough for me. <laughs> you know? But sometimes the Far Cry <laughs> game will force you to do that because in order to craft a better pouch you need to catch a certain type of fish or a rat uh, horizon zero dawn which is the most ubisoft game never made by <laughs> ubisoft also did that as well yeah it, i think that's that kind of crafting is like the bane of my existence i don't remember anything like that i mean the fishing was more far cry 4 had that that was the last okay. one that i played see Tomb even Raiders in far like cry five like you would try to get a really big fish because then you you would be like the contest 
the prize owner for the county or whatever, but they it wasn't that you had to catch that fish to get that thing that you needed for that other thing. There was only, and that was in Far Cry 5, where there was a specific fish that you needed to catch as part of a quest. Okay. Um, but I think there might have been a point where there's some giant mutant fish they ask you to catch for because the purpose of, of radiation. Something. Yeah. Well, everything's yeah radiated. So. Right. Um, but I don't remember most of the stuff is just made from, you know, like animal parts or whatever. And it wasn't like, well, there was like certain bison you had to kill to get some resource from them. But again, it, it was just, right. Once you had it, you had it. It, was, well, it wasn't a big Typically deal. what they'll do is like, if you want to get a really good ammo pouch, you have to find a rare animal to gut for no apparent reason. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't. I don't remember anything like that. But in general, I, I, I like the game, but I like, I like that Ubisoft formula. I mean, it works for them. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, people talk about it being kind of repetitive, but you know, and it also seems like Ubisoft supports their games post-launch better than almost anyone. With like, patches and and extra content. Yeah, or like yeah. even if a game is kind of a flop when it launches, like Rainbow Six or For Honor, they they stick with it. Yeah, and they had all kinds of special events over weekends, and it wasn't you didn't have to pay for it. It just they just said, "Oh, this weekend, here's this thing you need to kill or whatever." It was, oh, yeah, cool. So you would recommend Far Cry Five and uh, New Dawn? Uh, yeah, if if you're if you if that formula doesn't bother you, um, in the open worldness of it, doesn't yeah, I you. I thought about buying it, but that, when that game came out, that was when I was like house searching, so. You know, playing a long video game wasn't a priority for me at the time. I mean, I spent so much time in five, more so than New Dawn, just going around my bowl and shooting deer, you know, just or shooting fish or or birds or I killed so many animals with the bow and arrow in that game. And, you know, it's kind of like I used to joke about it because I'd stream and we'd be playing i'd be streaming and the game is it's as if there's an ai in the game that is going hey wait you're ignoring the story bam and then something would happen like down like uh, on the street or some plane would fly over and if and it just kept trying to make action happen around you and the more you ignored it and just fished it seemed like the more frustrated it would get and it would like just have (laughs) things happen around you just to try to draw you back into the game i'm sure it isn't like that but it was just it seemed like too much of a coincidence right yeah i remember watching your stream and you were fishing and like like a truck came off the road careening towards you and just like eight bazillion people just popped out of it, started shooting at you. It's just like you were minding your own business yeah. fishing. And the game like was the... just like, yeah, here's like 20 people that you need to go fight yeah. right now. It's like the game is like, play with me, play with me, stop fishing, play with me. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Parker, what's your next game? So, uh, Sea of Thieves, because this is also one that I think Ben only played it once. Yeah, that's why I signed up for Game Pass. But uh, like, Let's I, I play it. I did have a couple of other friends that I played that with a lot, and it was my first uh, multiplayer game I played this year. That was new, new to me at least. I think it came out in 2018, but yes. I got into it this year, and uh, I, I like that game a lot. I don't really like doing the quests in the game. It's very, as Ben would say, it's a very literal game. Like, if you need to bail water out of like the boat, you have to get a bucket. 
go down yeah. to the bottom of the boat, fill up your bucket, then go to the top and then throw the water out of the boat. Same thing with the sails. Like, you have to actually yeah, – you can't just the... use your joystick to move the ship. Yeah, you have to, like, lower the sails using the rigging, and you have to use the pulleys to turn the sails, all while someone's manning the helm. And, like, when you're at the helm, you are, like, locked on – you actually have to turn the helm. You can't just, like yep. – it's not like – um. Uh, What's that game? Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Yeah, like where you Sail basically or... just no Black Sail. Black, Black yeah, Sail. yeah, you steered yeah. your ship like a, like a like a car basically. Yeah, um, it's very literal, and like the quests are like you don't have a quest log or anything like that. You have like you have like a map, and you have to go find the treasure or like, and it has like a list of things you got to do, and that kind of stuff is not that interesting to me. I just liked hanging out with my friends online. And just, like, messing around in the world. Like, right. as a sandbox. Um, and, like, whole... and, like, puking on each other. That was fun. Yes. Cause you, yeah, because there's an infinite amount of grog on the ship. <laughs> and so you, you can just fill up your cup full of grog and just keep drinking in the game. Um, it's a very good it's a very good hangout with your friends and mess around and on, like, a Friday night with and having a couple beers. That's how mm. I would describe it. Right. Um, if you're looking for like a narrative or anything like that, it, it doesn't have that. There probably is one, but that's not what I w was after. Like, I just wanted to goof, like a game to goof around with friends on, and cause it's kind of like how we play golf with friends. Yeah, it's not about yeah. golfing. <laughs> or, yeah, it's about hanging out online. It's, it's about yeah. hanging out online and <clears throat> and uh, you know, talking about what's been going on in our lives. That's that's what that game was for me uh, earlier this year so yeah i mean it was i i had fun like the one time i played it uh but yeah i think you paid a dollar to play right <laughs> well i actually left let game pass go for a couple months because i played some other games with it as well um but yeah it was uh it was it was an amusing game uh yeah i would say like sea of thieves I don't know if it was more like something where, like, if you could go to an island and fight a wave of like skeletons or zombies. So that's a that's a thing. We just didn't. Oh, know. it is. That is that's. A oh, thing okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we should have done that. Yeah. Well, I, that was when I was first starting to play the game too. So I was still like, I would just jump on with my friends, and they would just tell me what to do, and I'm like, okay, good. Basically, right. my job was to steer the boat and get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even like in the in the sea battles. You still have to do all that complicated, you know, ship navigation. So, you and know, one person yeah, it, has to. And it's not like in ship combat, you have to go and make sure you have cannonballs in your inventory. And you have and to walk up to the cannonball the or the cannon and fire it. It's not like, again, it's not like Assassin's Creed where you push a button and all the <laughs> cannons on one side of your ship fire. Yeah. Although one could argue that's more fun in Assassin's Creed. It could be, but it's just a different kind of game. All right. Uh, Chris, what do you have next? Uh, the Division Two, Tom Clancy's The Division Two. Oh yeah, uh, I played that one solo, but also co-op with our friend Brian, and uh, that's another Ubisoft game. Has uh, similar aspects to their formulatic game, but it was a little more um, directed. Uh, it's interesting to me that it was a different engine, but like it seems with Ubisoft, they're the anti anti EA in that they're not making everyone use the same engine for all their games. 
Um, Unless you're Respawn Entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> they don't right. have yeah, for yeah, some reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I mostly played it because it takes place in Washington, D.C., and I enjoy exploring Washington in real you life. You played the first one as well, I think, right? A little bit, but my colorblindness really kind of killed me on that one. Yeah, because um, like years ago, you're like, oh, there's this new game coming out called The Division. And then you're kind of hyping us all up to play it. And then yeah. you were the only one who played it. Yeah, and I was almost the only one who played the Division 2, but Brian played too. Um, and it was cool. I mean, the, the, it's it's a pretty realistic representation of Washington, D.C., unlike Fallout 3. I mean, it, it, it's almost scale perfect to some degree to Washington, D.C., Oddly, some odd things change, though, like street names will be different. A few street names will be different. Um, they have the museum in it, but it's not called the museum, um, which is like the mu news museum. But that, that's a real life thing. But it's in the game. The building's there. The topic is there. It just has a different name. Uh, it's it's the place of old things. <laughs> but uh, and then the, the, the way the game works is like you unlock zones and it has like a, a main story and you work your way through the main story as part of the campaign and then once you do it it basically the story ends and then the game kind of levels up and it resets the map and then all the opponents go up drastically in 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 um scale or whatever difficulty and it's a co-op game right you do these missions with friends yeah you can just solo co-op however you want to play um i was playing solo a lot but also co-op but when it leveled up to the first level it it was a drastic increase in difficulty to, to the point where you almost couldn't play solo unless you carefully care built your character and, and and you're talking about like the uh what do they call that the end game right in an mmo yeah, once you well, know the story it's weird because the end game basically the map reset in the division to and then you have to basically do it over again and my understanding is it does that like five times like if once you liberate the whole map it basically just resets makes and everything harder harder every and time just, yeah and after that i was like eh, i got my money out of the game and i yeah. was i had lost interest once i'd cleared the map once it so, seems like something where if it gets harder and resets five times, it's probably like, well, no one's going to actually play through it all five times. Well, someone will, but most people will be like, okay, it's gotten too difficult, and then maybe they just give up. And, and no one knew at that time. When I, when I cleared it, people were talking on Reddit or whatever that, oh, maybe it's four times, maybe it's five times, and one person's like, it's infinite. Yeah, No, no one really knew what the end state was. And to me, I just felt like, I had experienced the story and I'd ex and I had explored the whole map and therefore at that point I, I was done. I, I didn't need to play anymore. Uh, but I'm sure that people who are into that continue to enjoy it. But I really, I liked it because it, it was cool running around Washington DC in a DC that looked and felt like DC. Um, right. So, so yeah. if someone made a Washington DC walking simulator, you would be all over it. Maybe if like there was guns and <laughs> Death Stranding DC. Yeah, I'd probably be all over that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why. It's just Washington is such a walkable town. So when you add this, the ability to like walk around and see things, plus it's so recognizable, 
it kind of like anyone who played Fallout 3 experienced this too, that you see things you recognize. Even if you've never been to Washington, D.C., you'll see things you recognize because you recognize the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Memorial. Well, yeah, because it's part of the country's history. Yeah, so... As opposed to Boston. Yeah. If you haven't ever been to Boston, you probably didn't recognize anything in that in Fallout 4. But, right. Uh, so anyways, so I, I liked it, but I, I think it's a... It's it's a mixed bag. It It's... Yeah, if you like that kind of game, you you're probably already playing it. So yeah, did that come out this year? I believe so. That's when I bought it. So okay, I, all right. I, yeah, yeah got it, it off like the Epic kind of Game Store. Came from nowhere. Now, are people still playing it, or did it kind of die off? I have I have no idea. I haven't even like logged in to look to see if anyone's playing it. It's... I, you know, honestly, half the reason I didn't get Borderlands was I just want to push, push back downloading Epic Game Store as long as I can, just because. Oh, so I already had it, so I was like, yeah. I know. That, it, yeah. It's kind of I'm a the exact silly opposite. thing. The least amount of money I can give the Valve, the better. <laughs> My edge is I don't care. I just don't care. I don't, I'm not loyal to any company, because so, so they're not loyal to me. So would you recommend the Division games? I, I would say watch some YouTube mm-hmm. clips. To see if it's and, for you. And see if it's for you. If, if you... If you if you like to be a tourist with a gun, then you might like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Parker, uh, I was thinking we could talk about a game that both of us played. The, uh, the Kickstarter game, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Ah, uh, yes. The best side-scroller this year. Well, I mean, for those who don't know, whoever that guy's name is, like Igarusha or whatever his name is, um, you know, he had been working on Castlevania games since, like, the mid nineties or something. And he, I think he worked on a lot of the game boy or the DS games as well. The Castlevania games. Most of those are pretty good. So he started a Kickstarter in 2015 for a game called bloodstained ritual of the night, basically a Castlevania knockoff. And what yep. was it? Two years late. Two, yes, it was two years late, <laughs> <laughs> but, but then it was two, well worth it. Yeah. And then 2018, a year before it was, you know, when it was one year late and one year before it would actually come out, they released like an NES throwback game called Curse the Moon. Remember? Mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah. So anyone who pre-ordered the main game was able to download that. that I think like, oh, yeah, it was, it was like June of 2018. And that was good, too. So was that two years like radio silence or did you feel? No, like... they were talking. No, the they were they were pretty open about it. Okay. Yeah. They, there was like an email that went out like once every two weeks. That the that dude the the creator was writing. Oh, that's good. So. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's kind of interesting is like when they had the first Kickstarter in 2015, I think. Uh, even then, it was like they were saying, "Oh, it's going to be you know two years before it's done." And at that time, that was actually a really generous estimate because that was back when people were saying, "Oh, the game will be done in one year." Yeah. So even then, it's like, well, it's you know two two years away, but at least that seems more realistic, even though it ended up being. <laughs> four years but it's a really good game it's a really good game it does seem to suffer near the very end where in what way it it feels like a lot of the end game or near the end is like copy paste of previous stuff like the giant world is like oh yeah let's just make everything 300 percent larger yeah because it is just a copy of another section of the map yes um so now do you think they did that because they ran out of time, or do you think they did that I, as an homage to the NES, where often that's what you did, just 
change colors of things or <laughs> scales of I, sprites. I think they were or... running out of time. And especially since a lot of the, like, at the towards the end, there's less story that happens. Oh. So there's less yeah. dialogue that's going on. There's less new, like, at the very beginning, like, at least through, like, 60% of the game, there was always, like, new enemies you were finding, all this stuff. And then, yeah. like, hard, like, after basically, like, the third to last boss, they were just, like, just reuse everything. Just keep reusing. Yeah, and there um, was there were some areas of the map that seemed kind of underdeveloped. Like, what was it called? Like, Secret Oriental Garden or whatever? Yes, that area. There's that was a couple areas like that. And that. Well, that area was, like, really difficult as well. But it was like, how does this really fit in with the game, you know? Like, how does that fit? Because other parts you might find a secret alchemy lab or something. But I don't know. It was weird seeing, like, a Japanese, like, a Japanese stage in the middle of this castle. And also, yeah. like, none of the enemies. I, I, wait, don't you fight that? That guy with the big sword, like Gengetsu or whatever his name is, you fight him in there again, don't you? Yeah, you fight him three times, I think. At least twice. Yeah, at least twice. I think it's three. But yeah, you do fight him twice. Um, yeah, I don't know. And like the story is very predictable. What happens? You're like, oh yeah, she's totally. Oh yeah, the you. the person who betrays you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, you see that fucking like a mile away, like at the very beginning. Yeah, when he, you like, first says something and you're like. Click. <laughs> Evil. <the> flag. <laughs> yep. Um, and like, so in the, they have that, um, they have these, these, uh, like they have shards and those are your, like your abilities that you can change out and stuff. And there's like some points in the game that you can only get farther if you get a certain shard. And then sometimes it's really random. It's and like, you oh, have, you have to, and, but you have, you to have kill... no idea what you need to get though. Yeah, but like, well, the big one is that squid creature with the water thing. Yeah. Where it's like, you need to kill a squid creature, and not just the first one, but you have to kill, like, three or four of them, and then one of them drops a shard, and yeah. then you have the ability to, like, move underwater. Yeah, but you have no idea to get that. Like, oh, no one in it? the game tells you to do that. And I had to actually look it up. The thing where you have to get up. the spiked armor, or the, the spike-proof armor to, like, get through certain rooms... It's like, I figured how... that out. I figured that one out. Because I stumbled upon getting that item. And I'm like, oh, now I can get through that whole section. Really? So you... <laughs> okay. But I, no, I the sure... squid thing I had to look up. Because I'm like, right. what the fuck am I supposed to do? And they're like, oh, yeah, you got to kill the... It's got weird choke points like that. Because, like... And that's about 60... Again, that, that point for the squid thing is like 60 to 70% of the way through the game. Do you... Yeah. And so I think they basically... Because before that... Like, you can talk to some people, and they might give you some hints of what you need to do. Right. And then that kind of just goes away. And you're like... So, yeah, there are what? points where the, where the progression comes to a dead halt until you figure out something like, oh, I need to kill a squid creature, like a random enemy on the screen, not a boss, yep. in order to get this ability. Because usually you get the main abilities by defeating bosses. Yes. Early on in the game. And then, well, the other one wasn't like the final thing with the moon or the what they call it the moon sunderer oh I mean, that, like oh because you're you're fighting your friend but yes. you have to cut the moon right no, a, a, in the earlier in the game someone mentions something about like and then if you look if you look and yes and if you look at the weapon description in the menu it says you know the name of this weapon is whatever in japanese and it, it which means moon sunderer right yeah so then you're like, oh, and then if you know what Sunder means, then you're like, oh, I get it. But do you, if you remember uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, 
Like to get the true ending, it was the same thing. You had to turn into a bat and fly through a bunch of spikes in an upside down world and find a pair of glasses that would allow you to see the true villain you were fighting at the end. And that actually let you get to the upside down castle. So it was it was obtuse and you know hard to find very much like certain things in this game. Okay, so that's a normal thing in Castlevania then. <laughs> uh, I w- well, since I played a good number of the DS games, I would say this this was a little it was kind of archaic, honestly, for a modern game. Mhm. I would Because agree. we're we're so much of the advancement was like, okay, if you kill this enemy, now you can double jump, which means you can access you yeah, know, these now areas. You can go, yeah, yeah. Because the, right. the previous side scroll I played was um, Hollow Knight. Yep. In that game, its progression is completely opposite of this game, which is it, it's all about exploration, mm-hmm. and you discover new stuff through that. Right. And and whereas this game is like you said, like killing and collecting the right correct item that you need to progress or ability to progress and again though but the first like 60 to 70 percent of the game it's totally fine and like you can figure everything out and then it yeah. like grinds to a halt of trying to kill that fucking squid and right you don't you, how I, if someone well tell it's me not how it's not hard to figure that out it's not hard to kill the squid no you just you're like oh there's a bunch of squids here and if you kill five of them, then they'll drop a shard. Then you're able to, like, travel underwater. Yeah, because you and, know you need to figure out how to travel underwater because you're like, okay, yeah. it's clearly I've explored all the map, and there's right. this area of the map I can't get to, and I have to swim. How do I get that ability? Because that's well, what was, the game has taught you to do is, like, how do I get that ability? And you don't know this shard exists by killing these squids. Well, it was no kind one of, tells you that. It was kind of like that with the train down in the basement. Oh, where, yeah, when you have to get the path, the passport? Yeah, but if you go back and talk to one of your friends, one of them says, oh, that vampire guy might have an idea. Yes. And then he's the one who creates, like, the passport. So that also was a little, you know, kind of, a, a you know, like a, a hindrance to uh, progress. Although, in that case, I did find some hints. And I think mm-hmm. you gave me a hint as well. Yeah, I said you have to go talk to the, the library dude. Because yep. the vampire is a library dude a, a librarian yep library dude <laughs> uh but overall i mean what is it if you just buy it like 30 bucks yeah i would say it's totally worth it if you like oh, that style of game castlevania style game it's right up that alley yeah it's got really awesome boss fights uh which are not a cakewalk it's got an amazing level of detail great soundtrack uh yeah it's you know it's a spiritual successor to castlevania Symphony of the night I'm I'm looking forward if they make a second game. That well, I would I would hope they do. So, cool. Uh, Chris, what do you have next? Uh, Rage Two. And, Wasn't uh, that another game that was all like magenta colored? Yeah, it seems to be a theme this year. Um, I my primary motivation for getting it was that I watched some gameplay video. And like when I first saw the trailer for it, I just kind of like was yeah I don't I don't care, um, but then I watched you know Bethesda or whatever I had posted a video on of someone of just playing the game for like five ten minutes or something like that, and that's really what sold me on it because the character, your character becomes 
through all these abilities just becomes so overpowered. And I mean, because it's a single player game, it doesn't matter because the game is scaling to you. And that's what I really kind of discovered through Rage 2 that I love about single player games is because there's no need to worry about player play balancing or any of those things, they don't have to constantly be worried like, oh, if we give this character this weapon, what if they take it into co-op or PvP or whatever? Mm-hmm. And where Rage is just single player, that's all it is. And so they give you these abilities that make you, you know, it's like something out of a superhero movie. And I liked how you could just, just go into a fight, go into one of these buildings and just, you know, just mayhem and and just cause chaos and uh, so I really like that, um, and that's really for me. And then driving around in the vehicle and just you know causing problems and blowing things up and and that. But so it's an open world again. It it's open world in the sense that you can go anywhere, but you it has like specific things you need to do for the for the game itself but yeah i okay. guess i would call it open world um the, uh, I, otherwise i would say it's mostly forgettable there are there are a few epic moments and usually they center around this doctor or scientist guy who's one of the main npcs that that sends you on missions and tells you to do stuff and there's some pretty funny stuff that happens involving him i mean i think the one that stands out in my memory is he's trying to get you around some security biometric security whatever and the easiest way he can come up with is he just hacks the system and makes you president of the united states so from that so then from that point in the game when like whenever you go into one of these arcs it'll be like greetings mr or mrs president because i played as a female character and um it was just funny to have the game like greetings, Mrs. President, and just for some reason that made me laugh every time um, that the guy's like, "I don't know how to get your own security." I know we'll make you president. I so, thought it was a post-apocalyptic game. How is there a president? Well, these arcs, I guess, were set up to somehow make sure the government survived or something. Oh, I don't know. Like I didn't Fallout with the, the vaults. I I don't know. I, I wouldn't overthink it. It's probably not that kind of game. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, the, but the vehicle's a lot of fun to drive around in and run over things and smash things. And and uh, the gun plays pretty good. The gun variety is pretty good. Uh, and the powers are pretty good. So, yeah. But it's another one where I'd say watch videos, watch someone streaming it. And if you if it looks fun, then you'll probably think it's fun. Okay. Uh, Parker, uh, do you got another game from your long list? Yeah, Metro Exodus, which was one of the first games that caused this whole epic game store conspiracy. What, what are we going to call it? Well, Black it Hawk. was like like it, it switched platforms like yeah, it very switched, late. Yeah, it switched from Steam to Epic Game Store like a week and a half before it was coming out or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Of course, I've been, I'm a long-time fan of the Metro series, so that did not stop me. Um, and so it's a different kind of game. So the previous two games, so this is the third game of the series, have you going through the Metro tunnels, subway tunnels of Moscow, fighting your way through, completing your mission, all that good stuff. Um, so Metro oh. Exodus kind of flips that a bit, and basically you 
have to escape the metro because now you've like kind of like pissed off like all the governments that are in metro and so your your group is wanted so you'll leave on a train and basically you find out that so we're going to get spoilers i guess basically you find out that that russia is not irradiated like moscow's irradiated but once you get past like the city limits like it's like normal right um, and so, oh, so they, they, they thought it was some sort of nuclear holocaust. Yeah, they thought everything bad. was nuked out. Interesting. Well, and they told everyone living in the metro, like, there yeah. is nothing left. Yeah, there's so you nothing have left to, besides the metro. Yeah, so you have to behave and do what you're told because this is the best it's going to get. Um, and, and so it's basically they use the train as like a transportation device. I mean, that makes sense because the train, but like you go to each new map an area on the train and it uses that as kind of like the where you get to know uh your your team better and that kind of stuff and you pick up your quests there but when you stop at a location um it's kind of open world at that point like the train stops and you have to like go get fuel for the train right Mm -hmm. and and then you have this huge map to go explore so that's kind of different than the previous games because um, the previous games are very, very linear. Right. And so this game, it's it opens up the map, so you can kind of approach problems different ways. It's not the Ubisoft style of open world, where there's like eight bazillion things you have to go collect. That stuff doesn't really exist. Um, I don't know. I I still like the first one the, mo- the best. It is, I think, Metro Exodus is better than the second one. But I'm not a big fan of the open world aspect of it because it sounds like it kind of makes a completely different game or a completely different story it, it makes it a different kind of game but what happens is you get to a location and then it turns back to a linear style oh game. okay and then when you get back out it opens up to a hub world kind of thing because there's not a lot of to actually do in a hub in the hub world besides like kill a couple baddies and waste ammo and then maybe collect some ammo because the, the big thing of that game series is ammo management and one of the things they did in metro exodus because it's open world is you kind of collect materials and then craft bullets oh they added more crafting yeah they added crafting when they said that i was like oh fuck because like crafting (laughs) is like the like the least thing i want to do in a video game i am kind of so tired of crafting but in metro exodus i love crafting made a little bit of sense because now you have this open world that you could, like... Because the thing about the previous games is they're very linear. And you can only expend so many bullets. And then you knew after you get past a couple events, you would get more bullets, right? And you can collect some stuff throughout the way. Whereas this game is, like, if you, like, like let's say, locus the map. And then blew through all your ammo, like... If you couldn't craft more ammo, then you'd be screwed. Okay. So that's I think that's kind of why they added that feature. Basically, you can like cast lead uh, pellets for your like pneumatic guns. Um, I don't know. It, it felt like a lot of times when like the game would like force you through these open world things, I would just try to run past it as fast as possible to get to like <laughs> the story missions because I'm like I do not want this fluff. I want what I'm here for, which is the story and the, the really cool set pieces that this series is known for. Like when you get to the story part and you're like have to do like this, um, like 
in the first game, there's like a part where you have to like fight a panzer tank in the tunnels. And it's so fun and cool. It's just, that's what I wanted to get to. And the open world aspect of Metro Exodus hinders you from getting to those parts. Okay. <laughs> um, if you're a fan of the Metro get series, get it. If you never played one, play the first two and then don't play the third one. <laughs> I'll only play it if you're invested in the series, I would say. All right. All right. That, that sounds like good advice. Yeah. Uh, do, you, have, you have a few more games, right, Parker? Because we're going to talk about – at the end, we're going to talk about some larger games that uh, we all played. But uh, I, I can look through some. Shadows Die Twice game, right? Yeah, Sekiro. Um, that is I've, – I've been a big fan of the Dark Souls series from and the uh, company who makes it from software. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if you never played a Souls game, this is the one to play because it's definitely easier than all previous games. They kind of simplify the combat a little bit, uh, and the and the weapon loadout is a lot smaller. The st- it's there's more emphasis on the story, whereas in previous uh, From Software games like Dark Souls, they kind of you can only really figure out the story through like tidbits that you hear about throughout the game. There's not really right. like there's not like cutscenes or anything like that. Where Sekiro's got a couple cutscenes and there's actually some lengthy dialogue of people talking to each other and like and then you go fight, right? Um it's definitely that style of game though where uh it's very unforgiving. If you mess up three times in a row on a boss, you're gonna die. Um but it's one of those it's also like execute your plan correctly it's such a really good feeling it's like playing cuphead oh yep Mm -hmm. where when you finally figure out how to beat the boss and beat the boss on that level it's just like you get that like that 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 adrenaline rush right yeah because it's so difficult it makes it feel really good and satisfying when you complete it yeah and this game is the same way um okay if you've never played dark souls game and that kind of game kind of interests you but you've always been kind of scared by it the fact that it's really hard Mm-hmm. Sekiro is the easier of the series of that style of games. So oh, okay. I would recommend it if, if that kind of to game Dark Souls interests. noobs. Yeah, I think I realize what it does. I don't even. I've never played any of the Dark Souls games or any of those, and yet I don't want to. And I realize that it's because I've only ever watched them via streams and YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and I think that that type of game doesn't work well if you're not playing it. Correct. It kind of dawned on me today that if you only ever seen someone play it, you'll probably get like, it, it just won't be appealing to you. But if you play it yourself, because all the aspects that are appealing to it are the things you can't convey watching someone else play it. Hmm, good point. Yeah, because like when I was streaming it, Chris would just keep a death counter. <laughs> and and that's the thing is when you actually finally beat that boss someone watching it doesn't get that adrenaline rush right that the endorphins going into your brain saying more and right. more and more um which the and, person playing it gets well and, and like learning like the patterns and stuff that it's not as obvious when you're watching someone else play that okay you died but now you know a little more about the enemy the next time you face them, you kind of know what to expect or are you changing your tactics or whatever. And those are all nuances that I don't think are conveyed well 
when you're just watching someone else play. Untitled Goose Game. The best couple afternoons you can probably spend and then properly forget about it. Is it like <laughs> goats, Goat Simulator kind of thing? No. Well, sure, you're playing as an animal, but in Goat Simulator, it's like... No. That's just like a sandbox, right? Yeah. Whereas Untitled Goose Game, there's actually objectives to do. And it's it's fun from the perspective of... your. Of, it's a game that you're not... Ever, you've never played before a game like this before. You're playing as a the you're you're a goose. What game mm -hmm. do you play as a goose? What game is your duck entire? Tales. Uh, well, it's a duck. <laughs> and, no. and and I haven't played it, but I've watched, and it's kind of like the opposite of what I was talking about, which is probably like Untitled Goose Game was so popular streamers, at least until they finished it. And now you don't see it anywhere, but. It's like it's fun to watch because it's just it's almost like watching a cartoon because yeah, of the way yeah. people react and and you know the so, world yeah. feels very alive when you're playing it. Basically the whole game is the goose fucking with the people in this town and okay. causing havoc. It's like those those commercials for Allstate which is uh the chaos guy. Right. It's like you are the goose and he is causing, and the goose is causing chaos. And that makes me think down. of Affleck as well, because that does have a goose. Yeah, but yes. the goose is good and or and not bad. Yeah, the this goose, goose is, not is bad. A, right. It just made me think of two different commercials. Yeah. So. the goose in Untitled Goose Game is an asshole. I was gonna say that, but I wasn't <laughs> sure what the rating was. Yeah. I've heard that geese are assholes in real life. Yeah. yeah. So, I would say. For me, it was worth it. it. I think it was like 20 bucks when it first came out. A lot of people said it was overpriced. I I enjoyed every minute I played it. I think I, I've been eating about three or four afternoons, so about eight hours or less. It's not bad. Um, I thought it was totally worth the money, um, especially like with winter sales coming on. I, you can probably get it for like 10 bucks. Get it. It's fun. And I would say it's kind of falls into the puzzle game category, so if you yeah. like that kind of stuff. Then, go for it. Yeah, cool. I'll have to watch. I'll have to watch a stream of it. Yeah. Uh, got anything else, Parker? Yeah. So, uh, Deep Rock Galactic. But that's like a early access game, so I don't know if that really counts. But um, basically, you play as dw space dwarves, and you go to planets and go mining, and then I like, get a whole bunch of stuff, and then try to come back home. And it's it's kind of like a um, Left 4 Dead style wave. Uh, combat so you kind of um, so basically you would pick a map and then you get shot into the planet it's like a big drill so you get bored into the ground you pop out and you start collect like there might be like X amount of minerals that you need to collect right so you go start right. collecting the minerals and then waves of the enemy aliens try to stop you and so you got to kill a whole bunch and it's a it's a co-op game it's a lot of fun to play um, it can get old fast because it's like, oh, here's a different color rock that you have to go collect. Go do that. But it's fun for, you know, playing co-op and killing a bunch. If, if you like Left 4 Dead, you'll probably like that game a lot. And do you make defenses or towers or walls or anything? Not really. There's some uh, people that have uh, characters that have turrets and stuff, but not there's not base building at all. Okay. All right. Uh, there's some missions that have kind of like a base, but... It's not something that you build. It's already there. 
and all the all the uh, levels are procedurally generated, so they're different every single time. So cool. that's kind of cool. Uh, let's see, Outer Wilds, which was the game people thought was Outer Worlds, and bought and then decided it wasn't the same game. They're different games. They're different games, but they came out like three months apart and share two of the same letters of uh, words. <laughs> yeah, they must be the same thing. What is the Outer Wilds? The Outer Wilds is a uh, roguelike game. Would that be fair, Chris? I don't think so, because the... Because you respawn. But you remember, so it's... Yeah. So it's a game, basically, you have 20 minutes before the world, uh, the the universe ends, basically, in the supernova. Mm-hmm. And I think I got about 60 or 70% of the way through the game, so I don't really know what the ending is. But basically, it's like exploring what's going on in this solar system. It's got a really interesting mechanic for how you fly your ship, as in it's really difficult. <laughs> but it, uh, it's only twenty minutes. Well, no, it's it's kind of like Groundhog's Day. You yeah, the world ends oh. in twenty minutes, but then you you reappear at the beginning. Yeah. So like at the you've... very beginning, you have to like get the password to launch your ship, right? And so it almost takes like twenty minutes. <laughs> it oh, takes like twenty minutes. It sounds more like Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's very that's, similar. Which is just you know Groundhog's Day with machine guns. Yeah, yeah. So but, like yeah, so like the first day you spend like fifteen minutes trying to get the passcode for your your ship. You get in your ship and launch off, and then like the universe ends. <laughs> right. But then you're like, then oh, made... I know the passcode now, so I can just right. jump in my ship. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, the thing very, I, and I haven't that. played it, but I've watched people play it. And the thing that I thought was, besides like the exploration aspects, I, I like the kind of the freaky physics. You know, oh like yeah, there's a lot. You of land on a world, and like they're on an island, and next thing the island's in space, and then it's underwater, and then it's sideways. It's like it's just it's kind of cool. Maybe maybe they should have called it Twenty Minutes to Save the Universe. Yeah. So it'd yeah, sound like a different game. Could be. All right, uh, I'm going to skip a couple games, but the one that I would probably put on my game of the year list would be Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, so is that closer to uh, Dark Souls or God of War? Uh, I didn't think it was anything like God of War, so definitely more Dark, dark Souls. But Dark Jedi Souls? Yeah, but not even, like, if if... Sekiro was like an 8 on the Dark Souls list and like Dark Souls the first one was like a 10. Star Wars Fallen Order is like a 3 or 4. Like it is not as hard at all. Like oh, basically okay. what, like there's basically they there's some like mini bosses that are like the uh inquisitors that are hunting down the Jedi. And once you uh, learn the ability of force push those guys are really easy to beat because yeah. <laughs> you just force push them off a cliff and they're dead. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to learn their patterns. So what <laughs> makes the game so good? It has, it has a really good story. It came out by EA and has no microtransactions at all, which is surprising. It also came out by Respawn Entertainment, which did you know um, Titanfall one and two. Yep. It's so funny that, and they did Apex Legends, so they did three multiplayer games and then ea's like yeah here's star wars and play a single player game and they hit it out of the park well 
EA was working on a single player Star Wars game a few years ago, but they canceled it. Yes. It was like, oh, what, what? It was Amy Henning, who was like from Naughty Dog. And God, what studio was that? Was it. It was one of the things. Yeah, they were working on a game, and I think they closed down the studio and canceled the game. But yep. who knows? Maybe this one was further along, you know, in the background. Possibly. I don't know. But it's. It, it is. The. It's my favorite Star Wars game I've ever played. Oh. Uh, mechanically, all the mechanics work really well. Um, they kind of introduce the, it's like, it has, it kind of has like the Metroid effect, which like in Metroid, when you start a new Metroid game, like from uh, like the next, like prime, like the prime series, prime one, two, and three, when you start prime two, you somehow lose all your abilities that you gain from, you know, Metroid prime one. It kind of has that aspect. Like, for some reason, he's forgotten all his Jedi powers, and so he has to kind of like Well, meditate. amnesia, of course. <laughs> well, he has to meditate and like reconnect with the Force, is how they, they say it okay. in the game. Um, and that, that actually works really well. You don't really question it too much. A lot of those times where, like, he's a Jedi, he should just know all that stuff. Like, that kind of stuff bugs me in games when you have to recollect how to double jump and or, like, shoot missiles or whatever. Right. Um don't really have that problem. The the enemies are a lot of fun because it's stormtroopers, ATSTs, that kind of stuff. There's really really fun set pieces in the game that you get to play as. Like you get to take over an ATAT walker, and then you're like, oh, it'd be really cool if like you could drive it, and then you get to drive it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fun. I don't know, and like you, there's like a flashback part. Uh, where you have to survive through Order 66, which is kind of really cool. It, it basically, for a Star Wars nerd, it starts bringing in a lot of the old non-canon stuff that, that Disney got rid of, and they're bringing it back in. And, like, also that week that game came out, The Mandalorian came out. That was amazing. So that's probably coupled with the fact that I'm saying it's game of the year, but I don't know. It's just but- It's just a lot of fun to play. Like, I didn't play it. I watched our friend Brian play. He streamed the whole thing. And I I was totally into it. I mean, because there were days where I'm like, are you going to stream it? Are you going to stream it? You know, and it was just, I was the only one watching. But I was like, please stream it. And because um, I, I, I was totally into it. And the thing, I mean, the variety, all, all that stuff is cool. But I think it's dumb. But, like, one of my favorite parts where these these the elite troopers that are sent out to get you they'd be like talking all the smack talk and then he would just kind of go force push him off the ledge and i just would laugh because <laughs> like you think this guy's trained his whole life to kill like jedi and he finally gets his chance and it's like boop off the ledge like a sucker you know it's just yeah. gone or like you'll kill like like a group of like eight stormtroopers and you kill all of them but one and, and the guy's like oh shit i'm the last one and then, like you like he'll hit you once he's like i got this and you just like slash him in half <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just the, the dialogue is a lot of fun with the characters the story is really good um i did have well- some issues with just just one issue and i don't want to spoil because it it's just out but yeah, there's like a point in the game where something happens, and then it gets resolved, and the main character's like, "Oh well, it happens." You're and right. You're, like, you're right. And you're like, "What?" You know, there's no way. There's just no yeah. way. You would at least like beat that person up a little bit. Yeah, 
But no, <laughs> he just kind of shrugs it off. You're right. You're right. I I had that little issue there. But it's it's the But that's the story, nitpicking. I mean. Yeah, it's nitpicking. The the characters are well written. Um the voice acting's really good. Yeah, I just I'm like that is a solid like from 0 to 100% towards the end, like it's a solid game. This again, the set pieces are my favorite part of that game. Uh a lot like, you know, Metro series, the set pieces are kind of like the mainstay uh, of that of that game series. It's kind of the same with this one. Um, I would, it, if you it like took, Star Wars, play it. Yeah, and and it and it took. I would say if you like Titanfall to the the non mech parts, um, like the part where you go back in time or whatever, where they've got the device that lets you jump back and forward in time, and as you work your way through the one building and the wall running and and that one area where where buildings are being built. There's all this kind of cool set levels. Like, yeah, set pieces in, in Titanfall 2. And it's like you can see the DNA when, when you watch, or in my case, when you watch, when you play the this game, you can see that DNA from Titanfall in there. Mm. And so if you really like that and you like Star Wars, it's 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 a no-brainer. Yeah, and it's it's, <clears throat> I would say... Play so this is my recommendation. Play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. If you really like the combat and how that game was set up, go play Sekiro next. And play that game. And if you make it through that game and or like want more punishment, go play Dark Souls. <laughs> okay. So uh, you guys both played Borderlands Three. Yes. yes. With our you friend want to talk Brian. About, talk about that a bit. Sure. It is my least favorite Borderlands game, but it's very good still. That's the short version for me. Why is it your least favorite? Um I I think cuz there is there's it actually has the opposite problem of what we were just talking about with like Metro Exodus and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order where it has these like set piece kind of things and you don't get to do anything during them. Like there'll be a cut scene and like, you can't, it's like, where's my character? What, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> well, and that's, I had that on my list. Like, um, my, I mean, my, my main breakdown is I said, from a gameplay standpoint, it seemed like the most refined of the game. Yes. It um, is definitely like the, the, that borderlands formula is perfected now. Yeah, and I said there's a bunch of quality of life improvements over the prior games. Um, and it felt like it was written by fans of the original games, but not people who worked on the original games, which might even be true. I would agree true. there. You know, so, so it sounded like fan fiction? Well, not not quite that extreme, but it's like you could tell that the people who developed it loved Borderlands. But unlike... So like, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I... Uh, I had read that like a lot of the dialogue was like really dumb and like uh, self-indulgent. And that's one of the reasons I didn't pick it up because I just, I really don't like that. kind. Yeah. Of and that was games. my next point was the humor was a bit simple and predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, you there? I thought adding the ship was a nice touch. It, it, the ship, you get a ship in the game and it acts as kind of like a hub world that moves or a hub that moves. So it's like a base that, so you don't really get to fly around in the ship, but you get to move the ship to new locations. And oh, it's kind of know. like Outer Worlds. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's almost okay. exactly like our yeah. world um, in that regard. The, but yeah, I, I hated, and I think we all hated the aspect where you're in a cutscene, and you can see it, so it's as if you're there, but you can't do anything. So you see like this epic battle. You're watching it. You're seeing characters get like taken out or or hurt or whatever, and it's like and you just watch it happen you know like like in real world you wouldn't just watch it happen so are you there or are you seeing it happen like it was real clunky the way they handled cutscenes and yeah. and and that's is how there they... any way that couldn't have been part of the gameplay why do you think they made that decision i it was one of those like oh we need to have x happen to this character it so it needs to happen there's only one scene where they actually resolve it there's a scene where one of the main bad characters like traps you in a force field. So there it's like, well, yeah, you can't do anything. You're trapped in a force field. Um, even though one of us is a siren. So it's like, would that even work? You know, but, but anyways, whereas in the other scenes, it would be more like, um, it's like your character is just standing on the sideline watching this happen. And then someone dies. It's like, why is my character just not doing anything? Yeah. Okay, I see. But, so things happen because the story needs them to, even yes. though yeah. you feel like you should have some sort of agency in that situation. Yeah. And, Absolutely, yeah. And they could have solved it by, like, as that one scene, like, you get trapped in a force field, so you can't really do anything. But that would be kind of lame if basically every single time they needed to, like, basically kill someone, they just trap you in a force field. <laughs> and it's not clear, like, in some cases like it happens and then you come out of the vault so it's like well you weren't there but then it's like well then how did you see it you know so that whole aspect was was really clunky to me and and, and it frustrated us because mm -hmm. some really serious things are happening to characters we care about and then you're just like standing there going well screw uh, this i'm gonna fight you know i would be fighting until i died you know i wouldn't just let this happen you know so it just felt it felt clunky yeah um, okay the and i would agree the writing isn't as good as the previous games um it is it's yeah it's more silly humor um which is kind of par for course but there's usually some like really good smart jokes in there which didn't really seem to be in borderlands 3 that's yeah. kind of how i felt about like the Grand Theft Auto games going through time, like the sense of humor never evolved. You know, it felt very like juvenile, even after like decades and billions of dollars of progress. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh man, is the humor ever going to get any more sophisticated than this? Um, well, it's always been that way in Borderlands, but there's usually a couple like smart jokes in there well yeah like and what was that what was that content with the zombies in the first borderlands and the guys lowering an elevator and you have to wait for the elevator to get to you while you're fighting off zombies and he's like oh come on you can't tell me you've never had to wait for an elevator while fighting off zombie hordes before <laughs> yeah he said something very you know self-aware of, of yeah. video games and yeah that kind of stuff i thought was funny but and then the other thing i thought there were a couple battles especially the ones inside the machine that's all I'll say um where the pacing was just amazing. The battles felt epic because it was just like wave. And I'm not talking boss battles, just battles where it was just like wave after wave. And it, 
it felt like because Brian and I were doing a lot of this together and it was just when it was finally over, you just felt relief, like physical relief. And you're just like, man, for a game to make you feel that way. It, it was pretty amazing that just these just the pacing of these big epic battles with all these you know characters and it just really felt amazing and uh contrasted for me personally i thought all the boss battles were forgettable like just i i mean maybe one like where you fight um Penn and, and Teller. teller's characters <laughs> but other than that all of them are just kind of like uh Penn and teller are in it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so when they when they Chris told me that, and I'm like, oh, wow, they're probably just voicing some characters. No, they're basically in the game. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, yeah, and that, but the thing, though, on that, Chris, is I would say almost every single Borderlands game is like that, whereas the boss fights are really cool, but you don't remember them. Like, I don't remember any boss fights from 1 and 2. Yeah, I that's... do remember a couple from 3 because I played it this year. Like, the first big boss you fight is, like, the, the dubstep guy. Yeah. And that's really cool. Uh, Penn and Teller. And then um, when you have to fight the the stream I, and the, the streamer chick. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. But that, that's the thing is I kind of like the the streaming people. Like, because the enemy – when I first started playing, I didn't think they could reach the pinnacle of, of – uh, handsome Jack. Oh yeah. Like Handsome Jack was like the per uh, a perfect villain for a game because he honestly believes he is doing the correct thing, like hundred percent. Well, that's what all villains are supposed to do in a story: is believe they're the hero. Yeah, but most aren't even written that way or even come close. But like how he is written is like that way, and you actually get some more backstory in three of kind of how he became that way which is really cool and and so when like these like two the two main villains of, of three which is these people who are streaming to the gla galaxy of like killing people and stuff but they're like super like based they're twitch streamers and at first i didn't really like them but as time has gone on i think it might be because in the the online environment that we are in and experiencing I, I like them more now, it, ye, like months after I've played the game. Yeah, I never really, I don't know. For me, I, I didn't, I never grew to like them. I kind of hated them, so, yeah. Well, no, I don't like them. I like them as villains, is what I'm saying. Yeah. When I first started playing, I didn't really care about them too much, even as villains. But, I don't know, as time has gone on, they've kind of grown on me as, as bad people. So would you recommend Borderlands 3? There is one other thing I have to say about Borderlands 3, and that is they have this character in their Ava, and, oh, she's insufferable, and I hated her. Just hated her. She's the, like, wannabe siren. The little kid, you know? Oh, yeah. I think I either read about that or saw it in a in an ad. God, she was just... Like, there's a point where, like, like her teacher's like, don't to stay here and she's like blah, blah 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 blah. i'm gonna do what i want and then she ends up fucking everything up it's like it just oh she was so annoying it's clearly that was someone's pet character yeah because you would not like if someone is playing this game 
I never, I never saw a single person online that said I, I like this character or I sympathize or I get where this character is coming from. Everyone does not like this character. Yeah. So it's like, how did this get written the game? <laughs> I would recommend Borderlands Three if you like Borderlands games. Yeah, I'd say if you if you like Borderlands Two, get Borderlands Three. All right, so now the game that all three of us played, The Outer Worlds, not Wilds. No. Yeah. <laughs> the Outer Worlds. Yes. Wild Worlds. This was my game of the year until I played Star Wars. So. Uh, we've all we've all played through it, right? We beat it? Yes. Okay, Chris, your thoughts? Uh, I, generally, I generally really like the game, and I'm really hoping for more content in this universe and mm -hmm. you know the, the game story it, if it was to be my game of the year it would only be by default because i can't think of anything else that like i it doesn't it stands out in my mind as a good game but it wasn't like six months from now i'll probably even remember in any of it so chris did you say it was like or they said that this is not a triple A game; it's a double A game, or something to that effect. Yeah, and originally that's what they were pitching it as. I think they were like thinking maybe it wouldn't. I never got a definition of like well, what does that mean? You know, when well, they said it tri wasn't triple A, just means that it has like a budget of over twenty million dollars. Although I'm sure that changes with time, like minimum wage. Okay. So uh, maybe they were hinting. Well, the reason I bring it up is because it in some areas it did seem kind of low budget, right? Like agree. you, you go to a planet and it just seems like a procedurally generated no man's sky planet with a few buildings scattered about. Yep. You know, cause it, it's this is the thing is the outer worlds is like kind of like the spiritual successor of fallout three and new Vegas. That style. Yes. Of game. But the thing is with fallout three and new Vegas is they're ginormous maps and there's yes. something in every square inch of those maps. There is something there. Yeah, and if you, if, if you just, like, walk forward, you'll find a quest or a new character or a, a, a dungeon. And uh, the Outer Worlds wasn't like that. I mean, you basically, anything you would do in a world would just be, oh, you need to travel to this location and do something and then travel back. And it didn't really feel, I wasn't compelled to explore the world yeah. because it was just a bunch of, like, rocks and, like, alien plants and stuff and yeah and i did like i kept hoping for something plus that's just what i do i explore every inch of the map and like in my notes i wrote down it doesn't reward exploration at all like there's yeah. there's no reason to explore because there's nothing there i didn't find any unique quests not even unique items like every you find a box and it has the same you know stuff in it um yeah and it's just there were no surprises you know it, well sometimes you, know, you would find something like it would you'd see like some sort of like tree chopping machine or a craft spaceship right and it would say oh location discovered you know tree chopping machine but who cares you know it doesn't yeah, have there was nothing not, there for it yes because yeah. enough that was like a fallout game or you know elder scrolls it would have a quest or some lore there that you can gleam into there'd be someone trying to fix the craft spaceship right or uh, two factions deciding how to use the tree chopping machine. Now, the the dialogue and the choices in Outer Worlds were really good, you know, like Fallout New Vegas. 
I mean, for me, that was like my favorite part. I yeah, you yeah. could resolve things without shooting. Like Fallout Four, everything just evolved into shooting every time. Yes. So I liked in this one how you could talk yeah. your way. Although through I had a problem, and you guys didn't seem to, and maybe it's just the way I played or interpreted, but with the dialogue, it was like night and day better than Fallout Four. But I had prompts where it would say something like. That must be hard. And then I'm in my brain thinking I'm it's an empathetic, you know, it's empathy. It's an empathetic response. And then the person I'm speaking with when I click that option would reply as if I just said something sarcastic. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I would have never. That's not what I wanted to say, but it well, wasn't it's still clear light years. From, oh, right. Light, I, I am light saying, years better than Fallout 4. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Unquestionably better. But I I don't, you know, I would rather have the replies tell you what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Like, not this, like, friendly reply, you know, and then you you don't even know what you're going to say, you know, so. so I guess I didn't have that problem because I kind of read everything as kind of sarcastic beforehand. Uh, yeah, and I uh, thought it was pretty obvious because it seemed like sarcastic answers stood out to me. I wasn't really confused by it. But, um. Or like if 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 an answer was going to end in a fight, it would always say in brackets attack. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So you realize that this would you know terminate the conversation, which is something that you know they never did in like uh, Skyrim, for instance. I, I did like how there was always those options of like just tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, you just skip yeah. all the dialogue if you wanted to, or, or or sarcastic stuff like oh I suppose I have to go and collect a thousand widgets and then bring it back here, right? Um, I would say, uh, well, aside from, yeah, not rewarding exploration, um, I, well, I played it on my PS4 Pro in my, in my living room. I really didn't like the menu system. It was hard to read. The text was really tiny. And, like, looking at the guns, the guns were just all these icons that were kind of hard to see, you know? Like, they didn't have profiles. You couldn't just look at it and say, oh, that's a flamethrower, that's a machine gun, that's a shotgun. They all kind of looked the same in a way in the yeah. little drawings. And then if you did the, the quick weapon wheel, which I think was hold down triangle, it would show the four guns that you're holding on the screen and you would move the joystick to select one. But they didn't even have their names on them. It was just a picture of them. Yeah, and the picture is just that profile. So yes, of a weird space gun. Yeah, so you, yeah, See, I, I have the have same note. at all. I played on PC, but, like, I know what you're saying, like, the icons. But for mm -hmm. me, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a shotgun. Or that's a flamethrower. Well, yeah, maybe I was just, uh... Or it's too small on, on consoles. No, but, like, there, like if you had yeah. a shotgun that did lightning damage and a shotgun that did, like, caustic damage... And okay, a I would agree there. Did, yeah. The, the only difference is one would have, like, blue stuff around it, one would have, like, red stuff, and one would be, like, yellow stuff. Otherwise, it's the same symbol of the weapon... Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, I, I didn't like that. And I had the same problem with the text being too small. The other thing I didn't like was the respirator. I thought the respirator was cool, but I found the extra slots annoying because. Well, I didn't even realize what those were for at first. Like you can say, I want to like mix baked beans in with my aerosol yeah. gel, right? <laughs> Yeah, and then and then at once, no point do they tell you how to do that, right? Correct. And then once you use them, it loads other stuff in there, unless you leave them all empty. If you put things in there, then when you run out of that thing, 
it'll just pick something similar to right. put in there. So yeah. I would say that whole the whole health item system is worthless in that game. Like I just I just sold all that stuff. I'm like I am not gonna read. Like I'm I'm the kind of person that reads a lot of lore and stuff, but like some of these items have like eight things it does, and I'm like I don't care. Yeah, right. the, the only thing I used was there were a couple items that would boost your stats. So I had like a talking to people outfit. So if I and if I couldn't pass the check, then I would eat or drink or whatever it was that would oh, boost yeah. that stat and then talk to them, you know, and then so that that was about it. Otherwise, I got rid of pretty much everything because I found the items to be mostly useless except for, um, like I said, I had outfits for talking to people. I had outfits for doing science stuff because, you know, you could usually boost your stats enough that yep. even if you hadn't picked that, when your party members can boost your stats too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I also found the there's a mechanic of your weapons degrading. I didn't find that a mechanic that actually even affected anything. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, yeah, and then all you would do is some. you would just pay money and it would fix your weapon back up. Yeah, to 100%. so it's like it was kind yeah. of worthless because it would if you just did that after every single major like ex, uh, exploration session that you were doing. I played through almost all of Fallout 3 before I realized you could repair weapons by combining two of the same weapon, right? Yeah, but in but that, even that, but in that makes game, more sense. Yeah, but in that game, like, your weapons degraded fast enough to where, like, you actually had to worry about that. Yeah, that's a good point. Which, as in the Outer Wilds, uh, the Outer Worlds, worlds. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it never did. So you're like, it right. was just like, oh, I have to pay 200 credits now. Yeah, so it was, it was another stat on an already overstuffed screen of something doesn't really matter. Yeah. I also found it to be the combat to be fairly easy. Like I would assume they would want you to have companions with you most of the time. And I didn't, I only died. I don't even think I died a handful of times. I don't probably didn't even die five times the whole game. If I recall, I only died once and it's cause I fell. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think I was I... playing on the normal difficulty oh yeah cause the fall damage like if you fall it's it's almost seems like realistic like you fall more than eight feet and you get hurt yeah yeah uh but i did think the 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 writing was excellent and all the characters or especially like your teammates were all really likable like they're like yep. instantly likable yes and there's so many video games now that are overwritten yep where it's and like oh we're gonna ride a horse for 20 minutes and tell a backstory about cowboy the cowboy code or something it's like oh i don't care it's like blah 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 it's, like, it's a lot of games just seem like an excuse to write dialogue because they really just want to make a movie whereas this seemed well written not overwritten i think it's the reason why you like them is they feel like real people because they have flaws they're not perfect companions yes it's it's like in uh it's like fox in in fallout 3 the the Mutants Super that mutant, can't yeah. think, because he right. is so con he is so conflicted with his internal morals that right. you instantly are like he is you you connect with him because he acts like a or thinks like a human being would. And and then in this one, like if uh, but depending on how you play it, like you get to like one of the last guys in the in the last mission, and at least for me, I had Felix with me, and he was like, if you agree to this, 
you and I are done professionally. Well, he didn't say it like that. And I'm like, oh, I like this character. I don't want to piss him off by doing this choice. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do that choice because I like this character. So, Where is yeah. in, uh, what was it? In Fallout 4. Was it Fallout 4? What, what was there was the no choice in Fallout 4. No, there was a game where you could piss off. Your, your, you had companions that would say that. And then you would do it. And they would just be like, uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was Fallout 4 because they would yeah. say such and such companion really liked that. They did not like that. They like you. They adore you. But it didn't seem to make a difference, right? Yeah. So you could you could piss off. You could go around killing every robot that moves. But the robot detective, there was no point where he would, like, dump you. Yep. Well, the thing is, it was when. So in Fallout 4, once you were locked in, so once you had enough of those, they liked that. You're basically locked in. So then at that point, oh, you okay. become a hardcore murderer. I mean, Fallout 3 is the same way. Like, Guy, he won't join you if you're a line, if you're too in one way or the other. But oh, okay. once you once he joins you, I once, just on a load, killed everyone in Megaton, and he was just happily shooting away. Oh, he didn't okay. care at all. But if But if you do that before he agrees to join you, Nope, he'll he'll be gone. So okay, I did not so know that. So with whereas with the outer worlds, it's not like suddenly you're linked up and you're linked forever. You know. So I, there was like two planets on the map I didn't even go to. I mean, was that the same thing with you guys? Yeah, there's a couple planets that are, are that are locked still. So why yeah. are they even there? I assume DLC or something. Cut content. I, I don't know. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, the thing I was gonna say is I. And again, like I like the game, I love the game, but I, I still have things that I that I think are kind of thin, or, or that that that. And I'll just say, like the more I played, the more I thought that the freedom of choice felt like an illusion. That it's as if they started with the end state and then wrote backwards from there to give you the feel that you're going down all these different paths. But yeah. really, they just end up in the same place. Um, and I know that because there was a couple points where I would reload and then try a different scenario and the same thing happened. Then I'd reload and try another scenario and the same thing happened. And Which was the same thing people said with Fallout 4. Like, you know, no, no matter what you do in Fallout 4, pretty much the same thing always happens. Well, there were big difference. I mean, like, if you the, the because Fallout 4 is like that because of the factions or their attempts at factions. So right. if you side with the Institute, it's like, that's a big difference, but it doesn't feel like it because you, you don't have these like huge, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really big choice, but like in, or like if you side the Minutemen or each group has got a different um, aspect that if you side with them, it's, it's a pretty big decision where right. in here it's like, yeah, you could help that. You could like decide whether or not you're going to side with the corporation or whatever, and that affects like the dialogue you get at the end of the game. Like, what happens but... if you just kill everyone on the groundbreaker? Because apparently, you can kill anyone in the game except for the Doctor Phineas guy. You yeah, can't, they, but they solve that by putting him behind bulletproof glass. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that's even not quite true because you can't kill a companion. So you have to kick them out of your group, then you could kill them. But if they're in your group, you could shoot them all day long, and, and they're they're immortal. So, it's no on the on the harder difficulties. I believe they can die, which probably also means you can kill them. Okay, maybe I I don't know. But I no, I think there is permadeath for your companions on the higher difficulties. 
there's permadeath, but I don't think friendly fire is on. No, I mean I don't think you can just murder everyone if they're in your group. Okay, okay. Notwithstanding that, what I read was you can basically kill anybody you want in the game, and the game will somehow ride its way around it. Yeah, I believe. Which that, I would yeah. assume would make things more difficult. Like, like if, like, okay, so let's say you went on the groundbreaker and killed everyone. Then are people just gonna, like every time you show up, they're immediately going to try to kill you because they hate you? I mean, what happens? I wonder. That that's what happened to me at the uh, at the at the fancy city. Byzantium? Byzantium yeah, yeah that happened to me it's basically i like i flubbed the mission so bad that like all the guards like were shooting me on site and i'm like well i'm gonna murder everyone here now <laughs> <laughs> okay so well f- flaws notwithstanding would you guys recommend the outer wild worlds i'd say if someone's a if someone loves rpgs RPGs with choices, not necessarily RPGs with character development. Although there's some of that. Um, well, especially with your de- companions, stat character development. I mean, um, yeah, that your character that, themselves doesn't have any any kind of story progression as a character, um, but your companions sure do. Yeah, I would just say if you if you love RPGs, you love like stories and you love being able to like visit planets and talk to people and solve problems for other people, um, then go for it. Uh, you, you won't be disappointed. And, and the thing, I don't know if, I don't think we talked about it, but for me, on the, I played on the Xbox. It was very stable, like crazy. I mean, I, I couldn't believe I was playing a, uh, a city and game cause it was so stable. I don't think it crashed once on me. It maybe crashed, but it wasn't like serious. So I, I read once that they only had like eighteen months to make New Vegas, which probably explained yeah. a lot. Well, yeah. also it's on the creation engine, which is a piece of shit. <laughs> and this was Unreal, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, one more thing. Uh, I really loved the 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 score. Like when you boot up the game and you see the ship in space and it's just playing the music. I I did, but and I I remember talking about this on my stream that there were points in the game where the music made no sense for what was happening. Like, like you'd be in a firefight and all of a sudden like some orchestral piece that wasn't, it's not like in borderlands where they've got, they have particular pieces of music for particular types of events. And like in this game, like the creepy type of music would play and you think, Oh, something's going to happen. And then all of a sudden nothing happens. And you're like, okay, um, I, that happened to me that. too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, the music was good. It just seemed like it was mismatched with what was happening to the character. <clears throat> okay. Um. Yeah, but, I would. I would recommend it too. I just. I don't know how would they would make it like. How would you make it more open world? Like, would you just have more stuff in the planet? So instead of having like one big huge uh fallout map you have just more things to do on well, each planet i'm hesitant to <clears throat> personally because one of the things i found appealing is once i realized that there's no reward for exploring and there's no just just go through the story and get it done yeah then it's kind of freeing because then there's no reason to do any of that stuff but at the same time that's what i kind of miss so I don't know. Yeah, because if, if if you just do the story in Fallout, you miss out. Yeah, 
it re it rewards exploration. I, I guess I would just say I thought the planets were cool, and I thought the the universe was cool. I I would just have more stuff to do that's kind of scattered about, but mm -hmm. and then I would streamline, or not streamline, but I'd clean up some of like the way the weapons are and the items and their stats and how they affect things. Like See, I, I did like the. The fact that there was not a lot of different kind of weapons, I enjoyed that. That's actually, um, when you look at, uh, like, Mass Effect 1, verse 2, and 3, like, there's not a lot of different kind of weapons in Mass Effect 1, and I like that. I'm like, I don't care about, it's like Borderlands, like, in Borderlands, I don't care, but, like, I just go with the bigger number that yeah. score it signs a score number to a weapon. I'm like, I'm yeah. just going to pick that one that's bigger. Well, and that's the thing I really liked about, about the Outer Worlds is, once I I play with styles of weapons, so I like to have a sniper rifle and an assault rifle and a pistol. Like that's it. Once I've got those three weapons, I'm completely happy. I don't need heavy weapon. I don't need shotgun. Mm -hmm. I don't need any. That's just me. But so what I loved is with the tinkering that they had in there, and because I put a lot of points in engineering or whatever it was, I could spend credits to tinker. So I just tinkered the heck out of my sniper rifle and my assault rifle to the point where they were doing like. A thousand damage per second, or something like that. So, <laughs> so it was, but it was great because I never felt compelled to grab a single other type of weapon. Yep. I just played the yeah. rest of the game with that same weapon. And and in my mind, that's completely. I know a lot of people actually complain about that with Outer Worlds and Mass Effect One. It's one of their biggest complaints is like there's not a big variety of weapons. And I'm like, that I like that because I don't have to worry about that at all in this game. I get to worry about the web of lies I had to pay attention to and remember. <laughs> yeah, when I... Uh, the the one mission where you go to Byzantium and you're trying to go to that one guy's house and you have to find a way to sneak in. Yes, that's the one I loved, by the way. And okay, I well... I kill everyone. <laughs> okay, well, what I did was I, I met his new head of security and I, like, gave him a bunch of booze and he got drunk and passed out at the bar. Yes. And then he drops, like, this super assault rifle... And once I had that, I was able to use that the entire game. It was like, I don't know, 800 DPS. So it was like, it kind of, it was almost like too good of a weapon. And that was only about halfway through the game, at least from my playthrough. But yeah, again, I felt no need to swap it out. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, we have like uh, one, you know, assault rifle, plasma launcher. I mean, I, I liked, yeah, as much as I like to have choice, I also like things to be kind of streamlined in that regard like <clears throat> i love games where they say like here's an assault rifle now you maybe and then you can like put on a scope or a red dot or change the size of the the <clears throat> magazine or something like that but i like when it stays with the same basic like this is a shotgun oh yeah followed or you know there's just too many guns in and borderlands has way too many guns plus the random, so <clears throat> unless you get a named or special weapon, it's who knows what you're gonna get. So, so uh, maybe to like close out, we could talk about the companions that we all found on our own individual playthroughs. Because I noticed there's like slots for five. I only found four. I only and got one of them four was a... as well. Okay, so I got uh, Pavati, the woman you meet. Pretty much right away. Yeah, and I got Felix, her. who's like a dock worker guy. And then, uh, what's her name? Nyote? 
the woman, the drunken woman with the machine gun. I thought it was yep. Nikos or something like that. Nikos. Something with an N. Yeah, I think it's. And Nikos then like there's the robot that's in your ship, the cleaning yep. robot. Sam. Yep. Yep. And in... then. And the doctor Ellie or whatever her name is. Oh no! So I I got the the vicar, like the religious guy. Oh yeah, the vicar. Yep. Got him. But I got him right near the end, so I didn't even use him. Oh, I, oh, I got him. him like he was my second guy. I got. Yeah, he was my second too. Because if you tur- oh yeah, if you go get him a if you get him a book, then he joins you, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Something so like who's that. this? Who's this doctor? I didn't pick get her doctor. up. Oh, really? Wow, I picked her up in the um, space station because there's like you go to the you go to the sick bay, and they're like. She's standing there arguing with someone because she's like, oh, I want to talk to my friend. They're like, no, you can't talk to her. And and then she's like, well, I'll pay you money if you find my friend, find out what's up with my friend. And then you sneak in there and you find out she owes someone money. So she's hiding in the sick bay, pretending she's got a disease. And then if you get her out of her debts, then the doctor lady's like, well, okay, I guess I don't need to... uh worry about my friend i'll i'll join up with you yeah because there's a whole quest then she has to go to byzantium to talk to her parents and oh wow um, i never even came yeah, across I didn't that. Even get that oh quest line um, so so you found five companions then chris yeah, yeah yeah now is that all there are in the game or are there more i believe that's it i mean I, I, yeah okay. i don't think that's all there is. that's all their slots were and um i would say yeah, the and, the uh the whole thing with like uh, hooking up, uh, what was her name? Prevent Pavarotti. Pavarotti. <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Something yeah. with a P, something with an yeah. N. Yeah. Her whole quest line with like, like you're like setting up the dates and stuff. That was super, I would say cute. And I really enjoyed doing that. <laughs> it was cute, but it got a little like towards the end. I'm like, really? come on you know and even that last one where she's like oh maybe if we did this and your character finally goes yeah no no, no. this this just do it you know i just like the fact that like you getting like cake ingredients by running all the way across like the yeah. deadliest planet in the world yeah. or in the in the solar system how long does that quest line go on i didn't even get nearly that far with it oh, oh. that it's like the yeah. like you can make a whole game just that quest line yeah. <laughs> oh okay the, Interesting. The, the the one I I really liked, even though it's kind of understated, is once you fix up Sam and put him in your group, because I would just bring people along just to see how they interact with each other, mm-hmm. and um, some of Sam's dialogue choices, even though he's never actually responding, it's always about cleaning. It's like super funny. I mean, I I, I wish I I'll have to find some like. Um, you know, clips of his dialogue because, well, because the other the other companion will talk to him, yeah, but then he'll just respond with like canned corporate, messages. yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, always but about they cleaning. always fit the conversation, but yeah. It, it, it fits, <laughs> and it's always like, and then in fights, like he'll say something, and then he'll just like run in there. So yeah, that that was I I, I most of the time I didn't have in my group, but I did put him in a couple times, and it was always fun to listen to him say whatever he's going to say when he ran into a fight. So I think if they make it, if they made a game that had like the exploration and weapon customization of fallout four, but with the writing and the choices of outer worlds, 
that would be like the ultimate. I, I think so for me. I mean, yeah, yeah. the whole because um, your your ship is a companion as well, technically, I guess, because it's Ada, the ship AI. Yeah. Yeah, but after a while, like she doesn't really say anything new. Like, because the first time I met her, I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask her all these questions because she was like funny and stuff. But yeah, then you do run out. Pretty yes. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of disappointed me because she'll say things when you get back and you're like, oh, this is going to open up new dialogue, but then she doesn't. Yeah. But the uh, the Ada and Sam like do dirty talk yeah. as she's getting cleaned by by Sam. Yeah. Really? Pretty yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's wow. Pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. You come aboard and Sam would be in there and she's like, oh, yes, I'm really dirty. You know, it's, yeah. I need to be clean. <laughs> yeah. So, so you mean after, after you reactivate the robot, yeah, you just yeah. randomly start cleaning the ship? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. it, oh. it's it's. I mean, yeah, I, that's why I said I, anything I say is just like out of a desire to see the game even better, you know. So, um, well, I believe it was su- successful. They said yeah. it like, exceeded their expectations. <clears throat> yeah, and 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 I would say the biggest thing I guess I would say from a writing standpoint is don't make the mistake that Bethesda did with Fallout Four, where they took the lessons from New Vegas that, oh, people like factions. We need to have factions. But then they made those factions all the game was, all Fallout 4 was. So every quest was associated with some faction, and then you lost. And they were also mutually exclusive, whereas in, like, Fallout 4, you could join multiple factions. Yeah, so you lost that You lost that, that kind of joy of discovery and that random, just crazy, you know, walk into a a building on the edge of the map and someone says they're, they're looking for, you know, Nuka-Cola, you know, soda, uh, bottle caps or something crazy like that. Or, and that's, that's what I missed in Fallout 4. And that's what I would say to the outer world worlds is, you know, add more quests that, that are just random. Yeah. They're all their own thing. Right. Well, Fallout New Vegas, like the whole part of the, uh, like the bomber group. Yeah, yeah. Like that's its own thing. And that that's has... still right, is in yeah. my memory. Like anytime I think of New Vegas, I think of that bomber. It's like or it's the part you know. where like you send the ghouls in the space in the space. Yep. You the ghouls the in the space. Yep. Like that's right. its own thing that has nothing to do with the main quest line. Yeah. Which has the outer worlds has a little bit small quest lines like that, but nothing. Again, set pieces. They don't have any set pieces that are outside the major quest line. Yes, because yeah. never never in Outer Worlds are you walking along and you find something and then you get immersed in this location-specific storyline for hours on end because there isn't really anything outside of the main quest. Mm-hmm. And I think well, maybe, maybe it's a, a technical limitation, but maybe if the planets weren't so vertical, you know, like so many mountains and so many tall, like, fungus trees and stuff, like if the planets were flatter, then you could do what Fallout or Skyrim does, where you actually, oh, there's, I can see a building in the distance, or I see a statue in the distance, right? Or is that a giant Tyrannosaurus Rex? And then you you want to go toward it. Yeah, I think part of it is just that that's what they meant when they said double A. You know, my my assumption is because they made it, but it was funded by private label, was it or? which I think is part of 2K or something. I don't know. But I don't think they had... I think they were focused on telling the story they did, and they just didn't have time or money. The resources. The resources to do more than what you saw. 
That's my assumption. And that's why I said I hope that with now that Microsoft owns them and Microsoft has publicly said they want to see this become a platform or, a, you know, they want to see this become something like Fallout is. So my hope is that, you know, we'll see more stuff with right more stuff. You know? Yeah. So for me, I'd say, yeah, better menu system, guns that seem more distinct. And I just want to reward exploration. That's we've all said that. So yep. that's probably the big, yeah, that, that's, that would be my, menu. yeah, I didn't but have, I, I didn't have that menu system problem. It, it seems like it was designed for, PC first, right? And then they made it work on consoles. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you can have, have a big TV, but if you're sitting eight feet from it, your field of view is smaller than a you know twenty-four yeah. inch monitor or whatever, right in front of your face. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I we we would definitely all recommend the Outer Worlds. Yes. So yeah, you should check it out. Well, I guess we'll have to see what new games come in twenty twenty. Cyber like, truck. Oh, cyber no. truck. C- cyber. <laughs> cyber oh, wait, truck cyber simulator. Punk? Yeah, cyberpunk, but cyber truck is going to be in it. C- you know, cyberpunk, it seems like it's like the Jesus Christ of p- video games. Everyone's waiting for it to come down from the heavens and save us all, you know? Well, that's what the Outer Worlds did this year. See, that's the thing. Like, if, if you put a gun to my head and say, what did you like better, Fallout 4 or Outer Worlds? I would say Fallout 4. Because Blossom. even though there's... Yeah, I know, but even though there's a lot of things Outer Worlds did much better, overall, like, even though the exploration was not as well rewarded in Fallout 4 as it was in Fallout 3, it was still much better than it was in Outer Worlds. Yeah, and I have more, I'd be the same, because for me, Fallout 4, even with all of its flaws, it has so many standout moments where just either weird or dumb or goofy stuff happened that I remember... Like, you know, all these years later, I still remember the Chinese guy in the nuclear submarine. It's like, it's like, okay, I don't, six months from now, I won't remember anything from. Or like when you realize if, if you have, if you have a power suit, you could actually explore the super nuked part of the map in the Southwest. Yeah. And you're like, what can I find out here? And you, I think there's only one mission or one or two missions that actually makes you go there. But I was always trying to explore that because, like, oh, here's a church that's under rubble, and here's a factory, and again, yeah. it was fun to explore. Yeah, I would say that's one of my favorite things in Fallout Four was the the mech, well, not the mechs, but the the, 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 the they suit, make the yeah. power suits a like power thing, armor, yeah. right? Besides yeah. just armor slots for your character. Yeah. Well, uh, this podcast went really long, so I think we should wrap it up. Sounds good. Sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see what games come out in 2020. Cool. Later. Later, everyone. Bye.